everybody to watch me put this microphone on and witness that I did not mess with the earpiece. Okay, because the last time Kevin blamed me for bending it all out of shape. Okay, so I'm just putting it right on, not messing with it, didn't move it around or anything. So you guys are my witness today. Okay, now <clears throat> I have the honor and privilege of bringing the message to everyone today. Um, I volunteered. And when I got into it, I just wanted everyone to know that I realized I, I could talk about this for three or four hours. Don't worry, I got it down just under two, so we'll be fine, okay? Okay, uh, as I do, uh, when I bring the message, I ask that everyone uh, please stand for the reading of God's word and for prayer. Acts 4. Uh, starting with uh, verse 16. Saying, what shall we do with these men? For that, a note, for that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak to no, no more to anyone in this in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for your word. Um, be with me today as I bring this word. Uh, help the words I speak to be your words, that the, the message that you put on my heart is the one that uh, comes across to uh, everyone today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I, I'm going to start out by reading you a story. It's called The Island in the River. Life is a river with no bank on either side that flows to a waterfall at the center that ends in eternity. If you stay on the river, you will plunge at the end. There is no escape from the river. The river is placid in places, and depending on how you navigate or where you start, it may be easier for some but the drop is unavoidable. Hebrews 9, 27 through 28 says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly await for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Imagine, if you will, the rapids as you approach the waterfall. In the middle of the stream is a rock island. It may even appear foreboding to some, but it is all the river has to offer except the depths beyond. After all, it is a rock, and it has to be stronger than the water to survive the torrents of the rapids. 
If you approach with respect for the rocks, you may land. If you disregard it, your boat will be battered and broken to pieces before you're pu pushed over the edge into the abyss. You can ignore the island altogether, preferring to go around, but as I said, the waterfall is unavoidable. John 14:6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As you near the island, there may be someone on the shore offering their hand. You may pause and listen to what they say. There's life here. Once you land and go beyond what you now can now see, there is abundance in the middle of the island. Taste the fruit we've grown. It is good as they offer you a bite. If you continue, there's a nasty waterfall you cannot escape. If you trust the rock, you'll have life and life more abundantly. If you don't, there's no other hope. John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Why are you down here, you might ask? What we have is amazing. I'm grateful and I want to share it with all who pass by because going where you are headed will not end well. But isn't it dangerous for you to be here? This is kind of crazy for you and I see your food, but I can't see how you can grow anything on this rock. In 1 Corinthians 3.18 it says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may, may be wise. Ah, there are others here with me. The produce that I give so that I can offer it to you. Yes, it's dangerous, but what I offer is so worth sharing. I've stood at the top of the island. I've seen what's ahead. There's no other hope for you. In Romans 10, 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Recognizing the truth in his words, you decide to hang around. But despite the evidence that there's more to the island than you can readily see, you don't land. You work your boat around to the back side of the island out of the swift current. You interact with people of the island. They help you with boat repairs. They encourage you and feed you from their abundance. But still, you stay on the river. One day a storm blows in. The river rises and becomes rough. Those on the island endure the same storm, but the waters threaten to push you towards the waterfall out of sight. The islanders struggle to keep you lashed to the island. Some even get hurt in the process, the principle of self-sacrifice in Christian life. See, you say, the storm's as bad on you. Look at you. You're battered as I am. Matthew 5.45 says that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. My friend, the river impacts us all. It's the river. But even during the storm, we can go to the island center. You've never been here. 
You don't understand. In fact, most of our hurts come from being here to help you, but we gladly accept that risk because we know how good island living is. If you, you'll trust the island, you'll be the better for it. And maybe some of us can spend more time in the center. The river is full of travelers, though, so once we get you off the boat, you'll find safety and we can help another. After you've visited the center, I'm sure you'll feel the same way we do and spend some time on the rocks rescuing others. But if you don't step on the land, you'll never understand what's over the hillside. It's so much better. When the next storm comes, as the rope breaks securing your boat, you leap for the hands of the islanders and you step for the first time on the rock. In Jude 1.23 it says, But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. What? The ground doesn't move beneath my feet. I can hardly walk. I understand. Remember, I too came from the river. You'll discover it's a lot easier with firm ground beneath you. It may seem difficult at first because you're used to fighting to stay balanced. On the island, you only have to trust the rock. It doesn't move, and it's much easier to walk when you figure that out. Come, let's go to the center. But 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. As you crest the hilltop bordering the rocky shores, you begin to glimpse the life you can now lead. Rocky shores are replaced with farmland and houses made to shelter. The storm is still blowing, but balance is more manageable. Sustenance plentiful, and you begin to understand why the islanders are so joyful. On the way, you may have passed former travelers who were happy to be off the river, but never ventured inland and built their homes on the rocky shore. Still battered by the river, they were happy just being on solid ground, but they missed the full bounty of island living by never venturing inland. 1 Corinthians 3.2, it says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Others still moved inward, but refused to eat the crops grown in the rich farmland, preferring fare from the river. They were not as happy and healthy, but like the shore people, they were islanders. I'm so glad you joined us. Go as far in as you'd like. My home is at the center. There's plenty of room for you there too. I go, off, I go home often, but experience all the island has to offer. I go to the shore for travelers like you, for I have way too much. I can't help but share. If I didn't share from the farm where I grow my crops, I'm afraid it would spoil in my cupboards. The island provides all I need and much, much more. You'll see if you travel to the center, that is a journey you have to take. Just like I had to convince you to get out of your boat, you have to decide how you want to live 
poor like the shore dwellers, unhappy and unhealthy like the others you pass, or with more than you can contain for yourself. The island has saved you. Your abundance is up to you. It's all here within your reach. We're all still travelers and eternity still waits, but it's not the abyss beyond the falls. From the island is a bridge to the far side of the waterfall. It's the final benefit of dwelling on the rock. But the island's abundance is here for you now. You need never fear the river or the waterfall again. Again, abundant living is for now, but it's not without struggles. And from this life, we move into eternity. I hope you understood that story. I thought it was a pretty good story. Everybody in this room started on the river. Have no choice. We all start on the on the river. I want you to think back before you became a follower of Jesus Christ, or as the uh, article said the other day, a slave of Jesus Christ. Has anything changed? Do you live differently? Do you feel differently? What's the difference in your life? When did you first hear about Jesus? Was it uh, possibly in this building? Maybe for some people it might have been in the building down the road. Maybe it was in other buildings similar to this. What was your age? Were you young? Were you brought up in the church? Were you maybe a teenager, young adult? Maybe you were older. When did you first hear about Jesus? When you heard about Jesus, when you were smaller, and on the other side of that wall, those young children that all run out of here, they're hearing about Jesus right now. They hear about Jesus every week. But when you first heard, if you were older, teenager, young adult, what did you do? Did you listen? Were you polite? Okay, sure. Okay, I'll think about it. You have a good day. And you go on with your life. Keep on going down the river. Or you go to the back side of the rock and wait. Maybe you think, I'm young. I, I got all kinds of time. I got time left. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll, maybe I'll come back, circle back around and come in here and, and uh, talk to Jesus later. But I'll be all right. 
because I'm young. I don't know. Maybe you waited, you heard about Jesus, and you put it off and put it off and put it off. And then one day, a friend or someone you just met tells you about Jesus again. Maybe when they tell you about Jesus, they tell you a little different than what you heard when you were a kid or you were younger. Maybe you're going through something. You don't know, you know what that is, but this person that's telling you about Jesus is going through the same exact thing. So you stop and you think, maybe there's something about it. Maybe I need to look farther into this Jesus, find out what's going on. So some people, you know, they, they don't want to hear it again. And they go on, and they go over the waterfall. But you're hanging on back there, and then, and then something happens, and, and the weather gets rough, or, or something's going on in your life, and it's really rough. And the same person that told you about Jesus Christ is going through the exact same thing you are. Only there's a difference in them. What's that difference? Why, why aren't they freaking out about the whole thing? Why are they calm? Then you figure out it's because they know Jesus. They know where their power and their strength comes from. So it gets you to thinking. Eventually, somewhere along the line, you think, Jesus is the answer. So you come forward at the end of a service and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you go to the baptistry and you get baptized. You come out of that baptistry. How do you feel? Joyful. You remember when you got baptized? Come out there and you, you feel joyful. You, you feel empowered. You, 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 you want to read your Bible. And above all, you want to tell people about Jesus. Look what happened to me. And you want to tell them and you want to show them everything that's going on in your life. But you know what? You're going to run into somebody just like you were. That's going to say, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard about Jesus before. I'll be okay. And then you, this happens more and more. You get all these people. If you've ever been a salesman, you have to develop thick skin. Because as a salesman, you're going to hear no a lot. As a Christian, if you've ever talked to anyone about Jesus, you know you're going to hear no a lot. 
So what do you do? Do you shut down? Do you quit trying? And then you slowly and surely you, you get to the point that, you know, what do I do? Maybe, maybe it's just not all that it's meant up to, to be. Maybe you're like the people that decided to stay on the shore. You accepted Jesus Christ. You got baptized. You say, I'm a Christian. But I like it right here on the shore. You know, it's not as good as in the middle, but I like it right here because I don't have to mess around with anybody. If I stay right here, and I go to church on Sunday, I'm good to go. I, I don't have to, to tell anybody about Jesus. I don't have to open up my Bible. Church takes care of that. I don't have to learn anything else. I'm good right here. I'm on the island. I'm not going over the waterfall. Maybe you're like the, the people that wanted to... Uh, go a little farther inland, but not far enough to where, you know, they could learn anything, but you can still catch fish out of the, out of the river. So you, you want to stand there and you one foot on the, the shore and dip that toe in the water, you know, get a little bit of what the world's telling you too. But you're okay, because you're on the island. You don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You don't have to, to read your Bible. You don't have to tell anybody about Jesus because you might get hurt. As long as you come to church on Sunday and you can stay right here and relax and uh, people are going to flash the words up on the screen and you can read it you're getting your Bible reading in it's right there you don't have to do all that other stuff but if you go inland to the middle of the island you'll get to learn everything that Jesus has to offer you. It's not just confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and being baptized. You get to learn everything. Sunday school class, we've been in the book of Hebrews this, this, with this one. The one before, we talked about grace. Grace and mercy is so wonderful. We didn't do anything to deserve it. Yet when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get all of that and much more. When you go through those trials and, and things happen to you and you can say, Lord, I know you're here with me. Help me through this. You've got the help. 
What am I supposed to do, Lord? Open up your Bible. Most of the time, when you open up your Bible and you start reading it, you're going to find some of those answers. I read this every morning, okay? I knew three weeks ago, maybe, what I was going to use to start preaching on. This week, this week, in this book right here, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Ephesians 10 said, We are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works. Uh-oh, that goes what I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 13. Sound familiar to a lot of people, but the one verse that people really don't talk about, it's the, the love verses the, in there, but it says, now we see only a reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Philippians 1, 21 through 30. I desire to depart and be with Christ, but it is more necessary that I remain. 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 16. Verse 10 says, That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God. I was looking for other verses and they're throughout the Bible that I could have shared with you guys this, this week. I read every one of those this week. I was asking God, what more do you want me to say to them? So my question is to you, where are you in life? Are you still on the river? Are you thinking about it? Hanging out? Got Christian folks all around you telling you how good it is. Telling you everything that you can have. What are you doing? Did you go on shore? I thought, man, I, I kind of like it right here by the water. I'm just going to hang out right here. I'm, I'm good. I am on the island. I have accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I go to church on Sunday. I'm good. I don't have to tell everybody about everything God's done for me. 
because I go to church on Sunday. I'm going to let those people teach me. And then I leave and I go about my life catching fish, drinking water, you know, occasionally dabbling in the world. But I don't have to go inland. I don't have to I don't have to learn all the all the good stuff that Christ is giving us. I don't have to learn how joyful it is. When you tell someone about Jesus Christ and they blow you off. They don't even want to talk to you. What do you do? You let it go? You have people out there they're going to be very adamant that they do not want to know about Jesus. Make them a friend. Just make them a friend. Show them what being a Christian is like. Show them. When you go through something, they'll see how you act. When they go through the same thing, they're thinking, why, why am I feeling like this? Why can't I just be calm? Why can't I just let it go and trust somebody? Somewhere along the line, most of these people are going to, when you make them that friend, they're going to they're gonna realize he has Jesus. Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. That's why he can do it. You know, we all start on the river. Every one of us. It's up to you on when you get off the river. It's up to you on where you go on the island. The verses I read at the beginning, uh, Peter and John have been preaching a healed man and the Pharisees had a fit because they're healed him, they healed him in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're like, we can't have this going on in the temple. They arrested him. They, they threw him in jail, brought him out, beat him up a little bit, said, don't do it anymore. How did they reply? But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, 
you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. They got beat up. They got thrown in jail. But it didn't stop them. I was reading the first few chapters of Revelation the other day in the letters to the churches. And I was trying to decide if we had a letter written to us today, which category would we fall into? And, and it's interesting to think about. We have a lot of things that go on in this church. And to be honest with you, at times we only have a few people that step forward to help. This is a family. I learned that firsthand this week, a reminder of this. So my car went on the blink. Kevin came over, put his little gadget on there to tell me what was wrong with it. Wasn't something I could fix. I was going to have to call somebody. He rode over there last Sunday on his scooter. So I said, okay. I said, the plan is I get to put my 18-speed bicycle in the back of the van. Belinda gets to get up early, take me to work, and then I get to ride home from Gas City from work. Kevin says, you can use the scooter, which I have pictures. I'm a little big to be riding that scooter. But I'm like, well, that's better than the bicycle. So... <clears throat> put the scooter in my garage, put the helmet in the house, put the keys on. A little while later, I get this message from Matt. Matt says, hey, you want to borrow the Subaru? I can drive the truck. And I'm thinking, uh, yes, please, <laughs> because that's got to be better than riding that scooter to Gas City at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning and then home. And Matt brought the Subaru. Not a lot of leg room in a Subaru, but the seats are comfortable. And it got me there and back. And it got me to the doctor twice this week. My car got fixed. It wasn't as extensive as we thought. Got my car back. We took the Subaru back. That's what happens when you belong to a family. This is a family. You got problems? Let us know. Can we help? I hope we can. We can try. Sometimes the bottom line is we just get to pray with you. Get to pray with you. Not have to, we get to. Sometimes that's, that's what's needed. Because we are a family. I'm challenging everyone here today 
to think about where you are on the water, on the island, on the shore, barely off the shore, we ventured to the center of the island to learn everything you can to get all the blessings and all the joy that's in the center of the island. So here's the challenge. We have, on Sunday, we have a Sunday school class meets over there. I know. I get to teach it. We got uh, we got Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, we're getting ready to start a book. And if you want to come to Wednesday night, there's still some books in the office. Okay? And there is an assignment. I know. You got it. There's an assignment. It's like you're back in school. You got to read the introduction like four through ten, pages four through ten, and then the first chapter. Which, when I read that last week, I kind of chuckled. Because if you've been on Wednesday night Bible study, for Kevin to say we're going to cover a whole chapter, well, we'll see. We have Harvest of Talents coming up. We usually have quite a few people here helping. We have things going on throughout the year. The Wednesday after Thanksgiving, anybody know what we do? Christmas tree. We decorate. I can tell you who's going to be here and come pretty close the same people every time. We do this as a family. Come join us. And the real fun time is that Monday after, or the Wednesday after New Year's, we, we get to take it all down. <laughs> we need your help doing that too. We're going to have a work day coming up. We've got some more work to do around the property, some down in the uh, dog park. We still have a uh, teeter-totter, whatever you want to call it, to put out in the dog park. And <laughs> this is great. We have a fire hydrant. <laughs> yes, a real live fire hydrant that's gonna go out in the dog park, okay? I, I just think that's great. We're going to put a fire hydrant in the dog park. We got to get, we need help doing this. Neil, did you put the flagpole up by yourself? Did you get help? Diane helped. What's that? Diane helped. Diane helped you. We'd have known about it. We could have helped. There have been people here. Neil cuts the grass during the summer. The other Sunday, Glenn and I were coming back from somewhere. No, not the other Sunday. One day we were coming back, saw Neil's truck. I saw someone in the flowers out front. That was Diane. 
does it every year. Jack Hoover used to. He's in California. There's stuff that needs to be done and we need help. As your family, I challenge you to come and help us. Yes, I know that there's baseball games on. Some of us watch a little bit of them. I don't know if anybody in here is a fan of any of the teams that are left, but I still enjoy watching a little bit of it. And yes, there's football. The Colts signed their running back to a three-year extension, even though the owner said they weren't going to. So we got a good running back ready to go. We had a good one anyway. And there's football, and there's going to be basketball, and there's going to be events coming up. There's still your family here. I challenge you to help your family. Become more active to realize that we love you. Kevin says that every morning, every morning, every Sunday, I said it this morning. We love you. God loves you. Come join us. We have all kinds of things going on. We'd love to see you. The praise team's getting ready to come up here. And what I want to know is, if you're still on the river, and you haven't gotten off the river, now's your opportunity.